Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Tonight, my very special guest is Jonathan Hopkins. Hello, Jonathan. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. And yourself? I'm doing well as well. Doing well as well. Fantastic. Let's begin this journey. What is poetry, Jonathan? Uh, Well, poetry is a lot of different things. Um, It's one of the most basic things poetry is, is emoting through words. Um, The art of saying something or sort of speaking the heart or speaking the soul uh, in a way that maybe other people may not be able to uh, say it, um, sort of taking your language and using the different uh, things of language, rhyming, imagery, alliteration, different parts of speech, and creating something completely different and creative in order to say something that, uh, that people aren't normally able to say. All right, very nice. Then with all of that, why is it important? Uh, Poetry is important, I think, because uh, art in general or artists in general usually um, they tell honestly and unapologetically, they sort of tell what's going on in society. And mm. I sort of look at poets as, uh, as town criers. We, we speak the things that people sometimes are afraid to say or unable to say or even don't know how to say. And one of my, uh, one of my best friends, who's an amazing poet himself, his name is 13 of Nazareth, uh, in one of his pieces, he says, we say what you think like the pirate at your dome. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's amazing. If you get a chance, look him up. He's incredible. Oh, um, right. But, yeah, it's, that's, 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 that's why poetry, I think, is important. What are some of the predominant themes of your work? Uh, the themes of my work, I have four major themes, and because I'm a poet, they're all alliterated. Um, mm-hmm. Life, lyricism love and the relationship with my lord so all those all those things uh have a big place in my in my poetry now when you think of a poem does it start for you with an image an idea or form usually an idea an idea will come in my head uh or something i want to say uh and i i I, uh, try and form a piece from there usually the most difficult part is trying to get that first line out but once I figure out how to start it, the rest of it uh, flows pretty easily. Or it it it, it flows – I build it, I should say, from there. It may take a while, but I'll, I build it from there. Talk about building it. What does that look like for you? Um, basically, I, there's a lot of poets I know who, when they write poetry, they say the poem just comes to them, and they, they're sort of a conduit uh, in a way, and, and, they, and they, they write it out that way. But – I'm more of a, I like to think of myself like as an architect, the way I put mm-hmm. poems together. Um, every word, every line is very important. And I, you know, they're like a brick in a building. I stack them. The lines are like bricks in a, in a, in a wall. I stack them um, one on top of the other. So that the entire poem is sort of uh, an entire uh, link, to, uh, like a quilt or a mosaic, uh, where you can, hopefully, if you listen to it, you'll be able to follow not only the theme 
and what I'm saying from the beginning, but you can see how the language and the different um, parts of speech and rhyme schemes I use um, sort of uh, build through the entire poem. All right. Well, favor us tonight. Please share a poem. Certainly. Certainly. Um, I will read... I'll read my newest poem. This uh, this poem is about it's about me, <laughs> um, and it's the one I've the, the poem I've written uh, most recently. Uh, it sort of talks about the different themes in my life. Um, it's called "It's Complicated." <clears throat> a normal me is normally a novelty. My pen nozzle pens novels, and among men, I'm a novel anomaly. My punchlines model Muhammad Ali. I mean, how many can spin a homily with my word economy? The comedy is that they're probably somewhere between an icon and economy. But before you say a non to me, if you study the page anatomy, you'll see it's not even nominally anonymous. It's not a nod to me. It's a nod to us. I take words stuck in monotony and make them monogamous. From the knot in my gut to my esophagus, they present the placenta to pen a script synonymous with my pen name. The hip, eponymous flame that came from the jaws that flow like a water horse. My voice is not even a quarter horse. I'm a cross between a thoroughbred and a quarter horse. It's like Henry Thoreau led and taught a course, the thorough led toward the force. Now you can burrow heads and ignore the force of words that's like Luke Kang and Luke Cage on Luke's page. But when I come across a loose phrase, it's like I change loose chains into loot on the loose leaf. Sometimes I lose sleep trying to lube sheets with lead and ink, but when I lead and ink, it's like I'm scribbling riddling. Mostly fair to middling ever since I was a little, and I've had a flair for scribbling riddles, and whenever I was just piddling, it can drop some lyrical skittles in. No one would quibble whenever I slid a little in. Not even a little lid on my pen's fiddling. When I script, I feel like I hit a pitch middle in. Till I'm dead, I'll be meddling with lead. Feels like a metal wind. Growing up, it never seemed I met a win. Life seemed so menacing, so I would spin metaphors as my medicine. Then I met a man who said if I meditate on him, I could medicate my sin. He didn't force this metamorphosis or change course because of my melanin. He was a felon in that he stole me from the hell I'm in, gave me his name, and now I spell amen and wonder what kind of spell I'm under because frequently when God speaks with me, it's all Greek to me. The alpha and omega made me an alpha male over the alphabet. I don't act like an alpha yet. I'm about as calm as an alpha gets. I'm a beta, Max, like a beta fish. Debating which will give you fits like beta test and a bait and switch. He created this, a guy whose creative wit is his greatest gift. Pen drips G-rated scripts born with life serrated tips G-rated it. I bleed while every he and she graded it because I feel the need to be great at it. I am a great addict who ingratiates my great to migrate my mind to these lines or rewind. I want to integrate my inner great to interfere with your inner ear. But my inner fear is that I have sweet nothings to drop in her ear because I'm a sinner who's in her rears. Hide inner tears so I can appear as Mr. Logical. Worship a God many dismiss as mythological. Made a mess of many a miss when I attempted to mix the logical with miss illogical. And I'd be remiss if I didn't admit that many view many a miss illogical and admit that the mix of many a miss fits myth or logical. I have mixed with many a misfit, a nitwit who's messed with many a myth that I mess with. 
hard to sit with the thoughts of many misses I tried to fit with, so I try to fit with even a tidbit about the ones I tried to get with. I kissed the lip quick, but wanted more than lipstick. I want to kick it with kismet. I want someone to kiss and have kids with. Someone to watch it with has a quick wit and makes my heart beat like a drum kit on Fitbit. Loves my big pictures and a fixture with scriptures. This mixture will help make sure to help rewrite my life, even if it has a bad script. Or if I'm pretty crazy like Brad Pitt on a bad trip. Cryptic to the crypt to many, I'm a bad fit. Too many bad picks where I had to beat it. I can play that and the bad riff. It's as if I've been an inhaling, Van Halen, got high on Steve Vai and got to get a fix from Hendrix. I'm a mix of Prince Licks and Pendrips. A poetic appendix, my appendage is a fender bender like a car crash. My art slash slash the scripts of Homer, manuscript owner, riffs like the cliffs of Dover, equipped with quips that smolder from the page's title. Jimmy Page is my idol. If you could take your pen and Jimmy Page is like I do, you drive yourself crazy. I'm a guitar overdrive meets Jay-Z. I'm the tall, sober guy meets crazy. My loose leaf sheet's crazy, but that's what my pen produced. But when I'm introduced formally, you'll see that a normal me is normally a novelty. I know it's odd to see and odd to hear and odd to see through a prodigy's pen progeny, but I try with God prodding me, and he pardoned me to free the God in me while jotting with the feet that while I'm lauding thee, he's applauding me. Plotting that the life allotted me is the lottery you pause to see. The pottery that I long to be belongs to me like an apostrophe follow me. When apostasy made me a broken vessel, God epoxied me when God proxied me approximately 20 centuries ago. And if you don't censure me, you'll know that this is the basis of my life, the voice of the many faces of my life, the choice that brings homeostasis to my life. And no matter how hard the race is through my life or just how many phrases brand my life, my Christ is my oasis and my life. So this is my life, at least my life so far, my Lord, my lyrics, my love, my guitar. And though it gets hard, I will never get tired of spilling my guts where my gifts are. Sift through my heart and shift bars to where my wrists are, not to be a big star, but so this bizarre rock star can see how far this pen gets tomorrow. I want to control verse like Kendrick Lamar, write so my pen lifts the bar over their heads. One of the joys in life is to script flows and hatch my words while others stand on their tiptoes to catch my words going over their heads. Thank you. Oh, that was incredible. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely incredible. It's going to take me a minute to process that, my friend. (laughs) It's going to take me a minute. There were so many, so many jewels, so many nuggets of knowledge in that poem. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Wow. Um, I think the uh, the first time I think that poetry really. I guess hit me in the chest as it were is when I first heard um, uh, Lord Byron's She Walks in Beauty, actually, that uh, mm. that poem always, I just thought was, it was just stunning imagery, stunning imagery. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climbs and starry skies and all yes. the best and dark and bright meeting her aspects in her eyes. That's, that's the first thing that really hit me and, and sort of put me on the path of wanting to be able to do the same thing with words. Wow. You know, this is a call-in show, 
And we've got a couple of callers. I'd like to bring them in. Oh, beautiful. And uh, <laughs> give them an opportunity to talk with you. Okay, the first three numbers are 202-257. You're on the air with Jonathan Hopkins. Good evening. Good evening. Well, maybe they're just here to listen, Jonathan. And that's fantastic. That's fine, too. All right. That's fine, too. Let's try one more here. Area code 571. The first three numbers are 970. You're on the air with Jonathan. Good evening. I think you're here. Good evening. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How are you? I am fantastical. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a question for Jonathan? Um, do we have questions for Jonathan? You first. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say that that poem was awesome. Um, Thank it you. was, um, as the host said, it was a lot to uh, manifest, uh, lot to lot not lot to intake. And I think you are. Do you think that you are better read than heard? That's a good question. Um, I think that I think the um, I think it's really good to hear the words first, and then afterwards, sort of to read it afterwards, because it's it's hard to catch. I write in such a way, or I try to write in such a way where you can't catch everything the, the first time you hear it. So I like for, I like for the sort of the the, the poem to hit you um, audibly, and then I want to go back and read it. You know, Got it. Okay, so so basically, book you for a show so we can hear you and then buy your book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> well, I have another person that's in the room with me as well. Person, would you like to a- ask a question? Uh, peace. Hello. Uh, I don't really know if if I. Uh, have a question because the question I had in mind uh, that came to mind was uh, regarding the how of your writing process but you started uh, to answer that so I guess uh, could could you go into uh, a bit more detail about how you craft uh, work Sure. Um, basically, what I what I do after I get a um, an idea or um, something I want to write about, <clears throat> I have I have this sort of this treasure trove of phrases and and lines that I collect as I go through life. I'll hear something, I think, oh wow, that's a really cool line or a cool phrase, and I'll think of different rhymes that go with it, and I'll put it down in this this um, my notes in my in my iPad, and then when I start to write a poem, I, I look through those phrases and I see the ones that I think may fit and I'll run, I write them all around the page. And then after I, hopefully it doesn't take me too long to get the first couple of lines in there. Um, I just, I just go from there really. It's, it's not, um, I know I have other friends uh, who are really uh, talented, uh, who, who it, it just comes out of them. Um, my friend Thirteen comes to mind, where that it, it just comes, just comes out of them. <laughs> but uh, I have to, I, I often have to uh, 
put them together, and it's, it can take a while sometimes, but I like it. <laughs> can right. I have a follow-up question? Yes, please. Okay. My follow-up question is, who, who's your genre? Who do you write for? Great question. Uh, let's see. That is a good question. Um, I, I write for... Um, I write for simultaneous. I write for people who are um, Christians. Number one, because I'm a Christian, I think I, I write from a, um, a perspective that that they can understand, and maybe certain things that they may not be able to articulate. Um, hopefully, I can. I write for people who are not uh, Christians, so they can see that people who are Christians are not, you know, crazy, or that what you see out there is not the um, is not what um, always what Christianity is. But we're real people. Um, and I write for anybody with a soul, honestly, because we all go through struggles and we all go through difficulties, and I do too, and I use my poetry to bring out what it is that I'm um, going through, and hopefully uh, when a person hears it or reads it, they can identify and um, and it can help them, uh, help heal them as well as it does me. Fantastic. So I'm going to say thank you for um, having um, the, the courage to read um, your work and not um, just writing for yourself because we know many poets that do that. They don't share it. So thank you very much for being a poet who shares. All right. The pleasure is thank mine. You. Thank you. Thank you both for your questions. I really appreciate you calling in. Thank you. All right. All right. We've got another caller, Jonathan. Wow. Popular fellow. <laughs> Area code 214. The first three numbers are 606. You're on the air with Jonathan. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Hello. Great. And yourself? Hello. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Good. Good. Got a question for Jonathan? Yes, Jonathan. So I really uh, appreciate listening to your poem. It was uh, like like the uh, host said, I'm still trying to process it. I wish I could play it back in like halftime. To, <laughs> 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 it was really good. Um, quick question for you. What do you, how do you deal with writer's block or do you deal with it? Um, I know you say you mentioned that you write things down as you go, but mm-hmm. you know, are you the type that just sits down and like, oh, I want to get this out or do you just, you know, drop the pen or the, the phone and say, I'll come back at another time when I feel creatively inspired. Like, how do you process that? That's a really good question. Um, sometimes if, if you pick up the pen, then you know that, you know, that, that writer's block monster can be huge. You feel like Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, and, and you can't you can't get any. He snaps you out of existence. You can't get anything. So usually I won't try and force anything because I I think that um, authenticity is important. And I I never want to rhyme. I never want to put something in there just because it looks like uh, it would fit. I want something that actually works with the piece. So I'll I'll put it to the side and maybe work on another thing or just do something completely different. I have maybe about four poems that I'm in the midst of writing uh, and hopefully one, you know, hopefully I'll be able to finish them. But um, I just, I just either keep writing. Uh, but most of the time, if I really hit a wall, I'll kind of put it to the side and, and do something else. I don't want to force it. Mm, okay. Okay. Do you have another yeah. question, sir? Another question. Uh, sure, just a follow-up based off of what you said. When you're switching in between poems, so I'm, I know that you mentioned you worked on four. Um, I'm personally the type where I can only read, like, one book at a time. So how do you mm-hmm. kind of manage going back 
between and, you know, reads and rhymes or, or, or different things? Like, how do you maintain the integrity of each poem? Um, I've never, I've never really had much of a problem with it. It's sort of like, um, I, I guess the best way I can, I can describe it is, is sort of like if you're, if you're watching a television show or if you're reading a book, um, and you're present in that book or on that, in that show or, or, or whatever you're doing, I'm present there at, at the time. I'm not thinking about the other pieces that I'm doing. Um, I can sort of catch what I'm feeling, uh, in that poem. Um, and and I can move from there. So it, it's really not a it's really not a problem to be able to move from from one piece to another. I can as as long as I can see what it is that I've written. Yeah, I can I can catch the mood that I'm feeling and, and be able to be able to uh, write through it. All right, all right. Well, thank you, sir, for calling. Yep, thanks for having me. We appreciate you. Doing all right, thank you. All right, I appreciate you. Thank you. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Please favor us with another poem, please, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's see. I will read uh, this piece. It's called Curses. <clears throat> Sometimes I wonder who I'm writing for. Is it for my left chest muscle that's always slightly more than slightly sore? I mean, it's a bleep and wonder, it's still beating thunder and lightning, stores scores of unsightly sores from my nightly wars. I feel like Nightwing fighting Thor, and I often marvel that more DC writers like me, more likely there's no more, more writers like me. Like me and more might be enlightening the mic and lighting lightning when lightning strikes. But what's frightening is after the excitement spikes, it crashes. After I've left the mic in ashes and feeling like I just want to fight with Cassius, you just can't, you just don't know how effective an ink and lead mask is. I mean, imagine you're in the masses conducting the marriage of this madness with your magic. You pray like a mantis as you lay on your mattress that your words burn like matches. Write matchsticks that match wits and match with your matchmiss. I mean, mismatched thoughts we dispatch while we wish that folks don't diss that. That makes us want to get get back. Hit back, skip back to our old chapter, flip back like a backflip to a time when we crafted drafts in a draft class. Now, though we want our last drafts to burn like backdrafts, we hope that you can get past that. Sometimes it's a rope to get the past back to the only way we could cope was to hit past that. But now that we're dope, we still hit the rough patch that makes the ground slope, so we hit the putt past that. But if you have enough balls, according to the tropes of movie scripts, we'll make the rough pass flat, but I don't play games. I've been stuck in enough sand traps that I know I get teed off when life isn't played the fair way. And whether I have a bad hair day or feel scared descending hell's stairway, God promises he's just prayer away. And while most have one prayer way, I use two. So if you're not used to wordplay or hearing words pray after the word spray, you may not even know what the words say. And believe me, I want you to hear me in the worst way. That's usually how they come near me on the worst day in the worst way. A light head with a heavy heart turn white bread into heavy art that starts to exercise the sins and urge to binge and purge. I singe and merge bins of words that hinge on facts and facts. They can make you cringe or clap as they help this slim dude trim the fat. 
I skim the vat so you can drink it whole. Some think my pen is ink and gold and sprinkles. Sometimes I think I'm standing and staring at the brink of a sinkhole. Without blinking, it preys on my gaze, tries to sink hold. I'm seeing a shrink so I can deal with ten times cinco. Close to 50, no wrinkles, no ring, though. I'm single, march to my own drumbeat. I'm Ringo. I speak guitar lingo. My fingers sing on the strings in order to recreate spring, but... There is one thing, though. Sometimes I feel cursed. Now, I bet your reaction will be laughter at first. I mean, I haven't been snatched or was captured at birth. I'm a crafter of verse and find worth by searching chapter and verse. I've been betrayed and abandoned by my pastor, my church father. Now he calls me a bastard and worse. I feel like I've been bit by a raptor. It hurts. Sometimes I would pray for the rapture or hearse. Often feel like I'm a disaster from birth. Couldn't master my worst, and I know that the word says the master's at work, but sometimes it feels like the master has cursed. I feel like the fig tree. Jesus came to me hungry and thirsty and went away from me angry and cursed me. Life hurts, and it hurts me. And while that's the first thing on my mind, he works to search me so I'll find I'm not the worst thing, but worth things that can't be earned by working or concerned with purse strings. I was purchased from my perch for a purpose, to learn things to learn him. When I discerned him, I adjourned sin and affirmed him, spurned sin and turned into a Christian. I'm not a Christian cause I push the Christian cause or recite the Christian laws. If you thought you knew what a Christian was, I'll tell you what a Christian be. With, with all my flaws, he gives forgiveness and lives in me. He's insistent he fits in me, fits in us, lock and load. No mixing or missing his mission or business. Let's rock and roll. No Sisyphus, so insistent on assisting us with this system that says sin isn't in us. Sin is in us, but sin isn't us. And sin isn't just baggage. It's the carry-on we're carrying until we're rotten and rotten like carrying. It's like marrying an infectious disease carrier, but don't let this barrier scare you. Stare through sin's bogus, hocus, pocus, and focus on the one who woke us up after he woke up. Live to soak up the words he spoke up. Strive to live life the way he spoke of. It'll get hard. Don't get choked up. Grab your bat and choke up. Invoke the quotes he wrote up. He's the G-O-A-T, like two, three, who sees me, seized me, and gives me rest like he's sealy. See, he knows that the path from soul doubt to sold out can have a rocky start. But keep fighting, and you'll get Rocky's heart. And life is sly. Its rocky parts can make you and I scream like we ride a rocky road, but don't cry. Christ died and rose until he unrolled the rock so he can unlock the load that locked up your soul. Believe we can mature like the spiritual stock that we hold, but if your spiritual sparks a tad cold, stop and grab hold of Jesus because he just wants to give us the keys that frees us in his word that's like unfailing granite. He's the only cure for this ailing planet. He can save it better than that alien from the Daily Planet. He's been running things since the day he planned it, and he planned you as his plan A. And no matter what your plans be, make sure your plans see that all his plans are to make you God's light, not make you God-like. I bet God's like, I made them just like me, but I won't make them just like me. But I want them to have my psyche, so I'll give them my life, I'll give them my love, and I'll give them my writing. So if you're like me, you spend your life writing reams and fighting demons that delight in scheming, I better pray as they pray on me. Got to stay on my J-O-B.
obey like I'm J-O-B, run this race like a J-O-G, and even when life KOs me, I can still look at G-O-D and J-O-T. I only want to be with you like Hootie and the Blowfish. Can't protest. I have to find beauty in the process like when you see a cutie in a prom dress. I have a duty then to progress as I cling to his promise that he'll never be apart from me since he died for me. Now he'll always be a part of me, and he fights for me while giving me something to fight for. So what do I write for? For whom do I take out my mighty sword and write war? Write more to my writing source is writing sore, and my writing soars despite my writing sores. I'm writing scores of phrases that score the pages not for my prosperity, but for my posterity. I write every clause because I want this cause to cause clarity for my future seed and future me. I suture ink to lines to show God is at work suturing inside to reveal you. When life conceals you, God rod and reels you. The sun, he'll heal you when the spirit seals you to show you the real you. I want you to know I feel you. Sometimes you may not feel you. You may not feel you are being heard or worse. I know it hurts, but before you curse, first immerse your hurts into his verse. Search his word and you, you'll learn that what you think is a curse or him breaking you is really him shaping you. If you feel your world shaking, it's not an earthquake. He's chasing you. If you feel lightning struck, he's not tasing you. He's facing you. He put his face in you, and while he doesn't put his faith in you, he saved you. He put his faith in you, his faith in you. All of life is a choice. Sin faith in you. Block out the noise and hear his voice when sin is facing you. Remember to keep sin's faith in view. Don't let sin bait you. Sin hates you, but God lives to aid you. We can rest in his intercession. Remember, life gives you the and then gives you the lesson. And I hope that you see that class is always in session. If not, I'll be your glasses. I know what my task is. I'm not writing classics. I'm writing classes. And I'll pass them, I, and I'll pass them, I pray, every passing day till I'm passing away and writing my casket. Thank you. Oh, profound. So profound. Mm-hmm. Just, again, one of those poems that really makes you think. I mean, there's just so many truths that are in that piece. I commend you, my brother. I really do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank I you. I really do. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back.
are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Jonathan Hopkins. This is a call-in show, so if you have questions for Jonathan, please call in. The number is 646-787-1631, and we do have another caller, Jonathan. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're hot this tamale, is a trip. Man. I just... <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do last night, Jonathan? Oh, I had uh, people calling on a radio show. <laughs> All right, let's bring this person in. Area code 301, the first three numbers are 213. You're on the air with Jonathan. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm quite well. And yourself? I am great. I have great. two questions for Mr. Hopkins. Yes. The first question is, who is one or maybe two of your favorite poets? Okay. And the second question is, how do you feel about slam poetry? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. My favorite poet. My favorite poet. Um, my Mount Rushmore of poetry: Queen of Nazareth, Sir Rain, Complex, and Big Slim. Those I, those those four guys are to me are unmatched. Um, and there's a lot of other ones who I, I listen to and I um, get a lot of uh, inspiration from um, Archie the Messenger, um, Spirit Led, um, Lead a Poet MC. There's, there's so many different poem, poets um, in this D.C. This D. area that are just phenomenal and slam poetry. Um, slam poetry is cool if you're a slam poet. I, however, am. I don't consider myself a slam poet because my pieces are way too long. I would get all manner of um, uh, deductions of points for how long my poems are. And um, just in general, I, I think, you know, I scoring, scoring poetry is such a subjective um, thing. Um, I, I love listening to slam poets, but I'm not a slam poet. I even wrote a piece about that and did a, I actually did a, a, a a, um, a duet piece with a with the poet uh, Spirit Led that I was just talking about. She's an amazing artist, and uh, I did I did a piece with her. She's really good. I've heard about her. Right. She's pretty good. All right. She's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> you know, you talked earlier about the importance of emoting. Mm-hmm. Can a poet be yeah. a poet if they don't show strong emotions? Can a poet be a poet if they can't if they don't show strong emotions? Yes, if strong emotions don't come across in their work. I what I would the first thing that hits me about that is um, saying that um, the quality of a poet I, I look for first uh, is authenticity. And, okay. Um, almost if you're going through something or if you're if there's emotions that you're feeling as a poet it, it should spill on the page if it doesn't then you're holding back um or you're not um you're not being truly authentic to who you are i'm not sure maybe they're just learning maybe they're afraid to um i would say either the poet uh maybe doesn't know that doesn't feel as comfortable but I can't imagine not being able to pour 
uh, poets uh, strong emotions on the page. I can't, I can't imagine not not being able to do that. All right, all right. You know, your works are epic. They're like mini. They're like mini series. <laughs> I think Does they're longer writing... than mini series. <laughs> Does writing energize or exhaust you, my friend? Oh gosh, it energizes me. It's, Tell it's, me more. I don't. Tell I, me about that. I feel. I, I, there's almost nothing I can do that makes me feel more me than writing poetry. Mm. Uh, when I'm uh, another, I, I believe, I believe my friend 13 said a while ago, uh, actually a long time ago, he said the three, the three best moments in a poet, a poet's life, let me see if I can get this right, is when you, when you start a poem, when you finish the poem, and the first time you um, share that poem. Mm. And I, those are three just amazing, uh, amazing uh, experiences. So yeah, this there's, I wish I could do this all day long. I, I, yeah, I, it energizes me. I, I love writing. Anybody who knows me knows that poetry is, uh, is my lifeblood. Well, what then is the most difficult part of the artistic process for you? Getting started. Getting started. That's, Tell me about that's the that. toughest part. Um, what are you trying to find, trying to find the right uh, phrase to start, uh, because some I like I, the, the how you start it and how you end it. I think should uh, leave an impact. Obviously, the with you know, in the middle has to be has to have quality. But um, getting started, finding the right phrase um, or right right words to start. Is, is, is to me is the most difficult part. To, I overthink everything, and I'll end up writing that first line twenty times and scratching it out. No, I don't like this, and I, the, the rhythm's not right, or this not, I don't like this word. And, but once I get it, once I get like the first two lines, I'm good. Okay, because that brings up my next question. Is pretty much you probably already answered it, but some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, mm-hmm. there's not much you can do to correct or improve it while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? Um, once I'm done a poem, generally speaking, I will not go back and fix it. I may, the, the, the first poem that I read, um, I did, I ended it three different times. I, I finished it, and I was like, no, nah, it doesn't feel quite, quite done. And I added some more, and I said, okay, this time. No, nah, I don't think it's quite done, so I added some more. Um, and then I borrowed, my friend would say I stole uh, a line from her that uh, she, she said about people standing on their tiptoes watching my words go by. And uh, mm. I heard, I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. So I, I put yeah. that in there. And she, she wants me to credit her with the writing process. <laughs> and I said, nope, I stole it. And you're going to like it. No, she, but, uh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, um, that's my process. That's, so I rarely, I rarely write anything. I, I rarely um, edit again after that. Do you live your life like it's a poem? I I wish that I could live my life like a, like it was a poem. Tell um, me more about that. I have com- I have complete and total control over my poems. Um, mm-hmm. I. It, I know the I know exactly the rhythm that I wanted to have. I know exactly how how I want it to sound, and I, and I can make it sound any way I want to. And I read it differently at different times. And but my but life is not always like that, you know. No, it's one not. of the 
one of the constants in life is change. So you, you know, um, but the beauty of that is when, you know, when life throws you something that's difficult, you just take out your pen and pad and you write about it. So, wow. So I can control it there. That's nicely stated, my friend. Please share another piece. Thank you. Well, since I'm here. Okay. All right. <laughs> I will. This this is uh, one of my favorite pieces. Um, one of my favorite pieces. It's called We Scribble Light. This is, I, I, I always have to say this. One of my one of my uh, poet friends wrote a piece about what it is that we as poets do, and I always loved that piece. And in it was a line called "We Script a Light." So I I wanted to make my version of this, and so I started my poem the same way he started his. He started his. We are here to make sense out of what don't make dollars. So I took that line. I didn't steal it. I just appropriated. No, I just, okay. I just took that line, and uh, and I and I moved on um, my own way. Oh, I I he he's fine with it. <laughs> we are here to make sense out of what don't make dollars. Our unique lens shakes scholars and seeks God like real priests with fake collars. We're soaked in hope and doubt till we holler divine whispers in hell's open mouth. We throw quotes about. We write about what you gripe about. Despite heavenly insight, we grope about the outskirts of paradise. The paradox is we are paralyzed, but our pair of eyes are as sharp as paring knives and fine lines for pairing lies, repairing lies and sharing wise to those whose prayer in life is at their chest is see-through. We see you. We're preaching oracles to leaking oracles where art spoken to hearts broken. We impart tokens to enlighten dark folks and brighten smart folks. We spark blokes with the fire shut up in our bones. We shut up when we're alone, but our lead speaks volumes. We write to atone. We hear the world through our lead phones. We're lone lyrics and notes thrown from God's throne to let us know we're his own, so we're right to atone. We don't write to be known. It's our flight that we've flown. When we write, we fight to the bone to give you light we've been shown. And when light has been shown, we'll write and break a point to make a point. We anoint our lead and toil through wars and peace together cords that ward off peace where wars of peace whose peace can make war from peace without you having to pour through war and peace. Tore heaven and hell and tore peace so we can store a peace. So when we pour from our core, we're informants of important, imported pieces. We force life's assorted feces and distorted pieces through our pen and for sport, we spurt a beautifully discordant thesis. Our trick is we treat this like we need this. We eat this. Whether you need or delete this, we're freed when we read this. We're hemophiliac leeches. We feed when we bleed this. Our creed is we write this. Insight drips from our right wrists. We light wicks when we write scripts and fight bicks like we like this. We write despite the fact that we might miss, but we write gifts that are flight risks, pen tips, or we're light drips. We speak for the tight lips. We are passion's sidekicks. We pass inside tips when life's passive side kicks. We look forward to love like compassion psychics. To us, God rations seismic portions of his grace by allowing our eyes to trace the divine contortion of his face with the rhyming consortium of his face. We're born to hate and love this fate. We create lines that recreate times that rewind our minds through time and space. We chase waterfalls. Share our gifts and on your face, water falls down your cheeks, terrain, water crawls. 
Tears hydroplane to hide your pain, and whether you're special or try to hide your plane, we write for you. We pen ambient light to give ambient nights for you. We fight for you to quiet your morbid screams, pen life for you that gives birth to aborted dreams. We stream thoughts through our verse, our pen slakes our thirst until those men make our hearse. We won't shake this curse. What's worse is we make words work because we know words worth much more than a penny for our thoughts. It's like we bought a nickel bag of thoughts in peace. We piece rhyme pieces and the dime pieces. We lease time creatures to increase our mind creases, and until our mind ceases, we'll bind lines to our mind's eyes because our lines teach when our lives preach and we form speech that hurts like we're born breach. But don't mourn. Each of us is a minstrel, minstrel. We bleed on our pad from secret places to all those hearing it. We flow ink till we cramp, vomit words because we're sick, and spill our guts through our prose. <laughs> you know, they say that to see the world in complete honesty, one should look to comedians, musicians, artists, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work, my friend? Hmm. Ooh. Uh, they say a lot, don't they? Um, yes, they do. What emerges naturally from my work? Um, I hope that uh, when people hear my work, I hope there's a couple things that, that happens. I hope that they can hear what it is that the piece is trying to say, um, whether I'm trying to uh, work through something that I'm dealing with and usually I'm, I'm working through something I'm, I'm dealing with and then showing how it is that God has brought me through or how he can bring me through, um, whether I'm writing about something that I love or, or something that I am um, just whatever topic. But I also hope that they enjoy the way that I say it. I mean, anybody can put a, a ball through a basket, but to watch, you know, Michael Jordan uh, take off from the foul line, you know, two points, but, you know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's, that's sort of what I, I want. I want people to, I sort of want to spark imagination and, um, you know, I, I like for people to be able to, to hear the message, uh, through the message, be able to see the messenger and sort of the way it was said, uh, enjoy the way it was said. All right. Tell us about your book, Golden Dreams on Cup of Wings, Life's Flight Through Poetry. Yeah. Tell me about your That's book. That's a long title, just like my poem. It's a beautiful yeah, title. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> thank you. That, that, I wrote that book, um, I had never, there was a lot of, there's a lot of poetry books out there, obviously, but I, I never saw a poetry book that explained what each one of the poems, um, with, with the inspiration uh, or circumstances or relationship that, that inspired the poem. So I figured I didn't see one, so I'll write one myself. So basically, it's uh, I would I describe the situations or people or, or circumstances that surrounded the writing of the poem, and then I would uh, give the poem. You know, giving a backstory for the poem I think hope, helps to make it more three dimensional. Um, maybe even um, something they, a person can relate to because maybe the situation is the same as theirs or what have you. But um, that's that's what it's about um, from the time that I started writing until about 2000. And, 2007, I think all the poems are in there. And now oh, since wow. then, I was, I'm trying to work on another book. And since then, I've written about another 200 pieces. So it's about time to write another book to get them all out. When do you find time to write? Because it would take me a year to complete a piece like you. 
Maybe longer. Maybe longer, to be honest. I sort of, you know, sometimes whenever the, whenever I have a spare, whenever I have spare time, whenever um, the um, inspiration hits me, um, even when I'm doing other things, you know, if I have, if my my pad and my uh, my pen are with me, you know, I can I'll I'll write, I'll write. um, It's the thing that I love to do the most. So, it, yeah, I, I always I always find time to write. I always find time to write. You know, I liked your line earlier, your statement you made about being a town crier. And that's usually one of my questions that I ask poets, is what uh-huh. is the role of a poet in modern-day society? So if you yeah, want to handle being a town crier, I would love it. A lot of times, if you go to a, if you go to a, um, a poetry venue, you'll see what it is that um, you'll see the angst of the people. You'll hear the angst of the people. You'll hear what uh, what people are upset about. You'll, you'll hear what they what people want society to do. You'll hear what the you know the actual um, heart of people, and they'll say things. Poets will say things that other people won't say. Sometimes when when uh, a message is is dressed up in rhymes or alliteration. Um, it's it can be easier to take, but sometimes it can it punches harder, um, which is why a lot of times artists uh, you know sometimes silenced in our you know a lot of times in history people have tried to silence artists, but you know, we are what um, what society is actually trying to say, and so I I try and I, I try my 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 um, basis is biblical, so I'll try to have the words that I say um, uh, conform to what the, what the Bible says. Um, every society, every type of culture, that's where their, their, time, their, their art is their time priors, and I think poets are, are the best at it. You know, it's funny. All poets have several words that come up over and over and over again in their work, words they just can't help but use. Do you have three absolute favorite words that you use in your work? Your work is so expansive, so it may be hard for you to think of just three words. You've got a lot. I was about to say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could think pick out three words that I that I <laughs> use all the time. Um, um, wow, I, I'm going to. I, the of and it. I'm, I'm not sure. No, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't. I don't think okay. that there's. I really don't know. Wow. All right. All right. Let me go just hold. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Well, favor us again with your old self with another poem. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Sir. Okay. Let's see. I have issues. I know. Um, all right. We all do. This is this is very true. This is why being a poet is is, is cool. This piece. Mm-hmm. Um, this piece is called, uh, I was going through a very difficult time uh, when I wrote this piece, and it took me several years to finish it um, because I was going through, I was going through some issues um, uh, with the church I had, had been with, and I had to leave um, the, the very, very tumultuous time, and it took me a long time to be able to, to finish this because I was going through some very uh, 
I was wondering why. So, but I, I believe that where it, where it ended really showed me where I should be. This piece is called A Word to the Wise, W-H-Y-S, A Word to the Wise. My whole life is a question mark. This question from the start is at best less bark, more bite, at worst a war, fight till I'm sore, write marks that left marks like bite marks try to light dark when life parks the knife right in my light heart. And impart it imparts stark sight of the dark side, like if you combine the dark night's mind with the night Ned Stark died. So when my heart starts to smart like a shark bite, I don't gab. I grab my pen and stab my pad, a lab I have where my reed sows lead seeds I've been keeping, waiting for my grim reaping, and thankful God has seraphim keeping watch over me while I am sleeping. Weeping when only God, angels, and demons see me. Voiceless screaming, streaming through my pen. Lead the choices semen, aiming to impregnate and engage the page and raise phrases. I raise pages and raise questions as life raises the stakes. Like I'm a vampire, a blood sucker. Never love struck, constant love ducker who causes others to suffer like a mother, just like my mother. She's never satisfied, but what's sad is why. For years, they tried to sanitize. All they did was satirize. I sit here with sadder eyes, and all that's said is, why? And though all that's dead has died, I confide in the Lord of resurrection that maybe the dead shall rise. And when I'm fed with lies, he makes me vomit. Vomit these phonics that help me create tight sonnets. But no matter how deep or iconic, they're just not the right tonic to tap into my panic, like I'm trapped in the Titanic. Attacked and on track to try Xanax, I try to relax but relapse, perhaps my mind's manic. Or perhaps the time granted, I've taken mine for granted. Though I have yet to find a granted end or rock bottom. From the day I was dropped in autumn to the day of my death, I'm paying my debt in pain and in sweat. The strain that I get from the pain in my neck from the globe that sits on my spinal column. And until I write at last in my solemn final column, will I be chasing a ring as blind as Gollum? Or have my faith shook when friends on Facebook take my Facebook into my face look and cry homophobe and decry my Y chromosome? Forgive me, I live in my head so my dome is home. Stay home alone, a Roman Roman down the Roman road. And even though I'm grown, I kneel, a sinner after stones are thrown. A divine appeal on my knees as I phone the throne. Sometimes this world don't feel real, like Neo, before it's shown in code. And even after I'm shown the gold, sometimes when the sunshine shone, it's cold. It's tense. See my church home fold, it's tense. Seems the pastor's sole intent was to scold and vent. I watched his soul invent the hole that bent the hole. Intent his hole that rent the mold. Incensed he sold his sense. His hold, his strength left the fold indent. A spiritually old incense. Incidentally, I'm told he doubts his senses. His mind was touched by all accounts like a census. A thorn in the flesh, no doubt, God sent this. It's scary to be indented. God carried out his sentence. I shudder as I pen his appendix. I'm his brother. I've been his friend and apprentice, but I don't know when I commend it. But before I'm commended, I know I'm commanded to commend this to God, but to God, please commend this. These things I can't pretend to contend with. To be candid, even as I pen this, I pray God to send and send his appendage of contentment. Is he upset? 
I didn't intend to offend him. I didn't unfriend him, but at times it feels like my life is suspended while they cross this defendant. My loss and albatross round my neck like a pendant, sandwiched by my cross that keeps my back and knees bended. I seem to be blended. I'm Kendrick Lamar Jackson, ripping and running, rhyming till I pass away, and then my life's ended, and as it's extended, struggles mount as I spent it. My heart is my home others have rented and rented in two. God meant it for two. You meet a girl of whom you've dreamt you think God meant her for you? You think God lent her to you? I give up just like it's lent, but try to orient to her heavenly sense that heaven sent my two senses to try to sense her common sense, who she gets to cleanse her common sins, and if we sketch what common pens. But soon after the calm, we become unhinged. Our union becomes drama-tinged. We were both singed as we backpacked through hell like Dante. My heart almost grows hard like al dente, and I sometimes feel like life meant me to be the back end of a donkey. Both our locked hearts had the wrong key. The songs we sing we heard in the wrong key. This monkey on my back is King Kong. I'm king of the wrong thing. Always hurting, my heart's in a long sling, forever fighting with a past her. I was fighting with a pastor. Past tense. A broken rib and empty quiver has me past tense. Funny, but that last sentence smashes my chest like a crash test dummy. I seek repentance to my repast. I guess I'll pass it a Sunday. I'll rest someday when it's more or less sunny. To my godfather who has veto power, I'm afraid, oh, that when I get on the mic, I'm more or less sunny. Angry. He knows more or less of me, so I'm aiming to see where he aims me. The same me who blames me for the shame that helped frame me. But before I call his name and complain that he maimed me, I should refrain from that refrain. This pain is to train me, keep me on track like two trains. He protects me from traps like two chains. He saw me trapped in two chains and sin-stained, and he claimed me, cleansed me, and was inclined to change me into this strange thing, turned my world upside down like this was stranger things. Love came down in a manger scene and seemed to halt time and shook my world. That's why I write fault lines. That's how I ask, that's how I ask why, while toiling earth's salt mines as the enemy assault mines. I pray he won't assault mine if my default is to exalt my God and learn his scruples. Fix my eye problem. Be a discerning pupil like Job. I promise. Convert the doubting Thomas. And even though I'm hurt through all my traumas, I should dash to read God's quotes during the period of life's commas. The dramas of being on life's wait list makes me feel weightless. So I need to handle these next bars and wait this like I'm going to wait lift. To wait this way is wasted if while I'm waiting, I'm debating the sideways eight whose statement did create this world. This world will shapeshift and we can get caught in its vices, whether it's ISIS or a midlife crisis. Christ said we are to be people fishers, Pisces. This is not a game like Fisher Price is, and no matter how you slice it, life is divisive, no matter where the knife is. Nicest is the night that's dark and full of vices. It unlightens with what fool's advice is. We need to set our sight to where the light is. We can't always get life just right, but we can live life righteous. We need to stay on the side where Christ is, who we were crucified with. That's what my life's price is, and his gravesite is the last rites of my sin, life's license, and where every one of my whys is. And though life is breeding them, 
the difference between the wise and the wisest is wanting the wise answers versus trusting him and not needing them. Thank wow. you. Wow. We'll be right back. Jonathan, we have another caller. Oh, cool. All right. Let's bring this person on. Erico 240. The first three numbers are 601. You're on the air with Jonathan. Good evening. Hey, Mr. J. Oh. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> I didn't think I was on the air. <laughs> she is, oh, she's, a, she's a very old, she's a very old friend of mine. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Do you have a question for Jonathan tonight? No, I don't have a question. <laughs> no, but I can get one. How did you get started, Mr. J? How did I get started? Um, yeah. Uh, for your love. Well, I, 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 would, I would write lots of uh, – I wrote lots of stories when I was younger, but I really wasn't into, into poetry until I – her um Lord Byron's uh, She Walks in Beauty and I heard that and I was I was I was done. And then uh as far as spoken word, actually when I heard <laughs> when I heard the song Business by Eminem, the the, the, the the rhyme scheme and the rhythmic patterns that he wrote within that in that piece just just amazed me and I I wanted to do that, so I did that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> All right. Um, well, my, you have another question? Hello? No. Hello? Okay. All right, then. All right, then. All right, Jonathan, we're almost at the end of the program. You know, I have hundreds of questions to ask you, man. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got time, you know, just go ahead, just, just shoot it. I got, I got nothing to do. You got nothing to do? All right. I got nothing to do for next week or so. I, I can okay. answer questions. Okay, okay, here's Read one. poetry, it'll be fun. Yeah, here's one. Writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily mm-hmm. to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Why do you write? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, staying silent is not an option for me. I, I Once I... Once I discovered, uh, once I discovered poetry, I realized that this was my voice, mm-hmm. and I realized I could say the the message I whatever message I want to get across, I can get across through poetry, um, and people listen. Um, at least that's what it seems like. Um, but even if they didn't listen, I would still I would still still write because this is my voice. I feel the most me 
when I write. So the only time I'll put my pen down is when I'm dead. I just, I, oh, wow. And even then, I'll probably still be writing. Oh, there's, right. a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a piece that goes through, that went through a lot of the D.C. Uh, poet call, I'll probably die writing. And I feel like that, too. I'll probably die writing. All right. Well, we have time, my friend, for one more. Would you please favor us one more time before we go? Now, when you say one more, because, you know, a brother's, you heard how long my poems are. So when you say <laughs> one more, because I have a one piece more. that I can end this with. Yeah, end, find one to end it with. Yes. That'd be perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, this is This is a piece about me. Called the mother load. I'm sorry. Let me before before I start. Before I start, exactly how much time do we have? Because I, I I don't want to go over. Oh, don't worry about it. We're good. We're good. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Poem is uh. This poem is about me. Called the mother load. I'm a bad son. I don't have a heavenly body. I've never had one. I'm not a star, but I'm trying to add one. I'm mom and dad's son and sad I haven't granted them a grandson or a granddaughter. Fight to see where I fit in God's grand order. I pray that he'll grant order and sight so when I'm sitting to write, all that is written will bite like I've been bitten and though it hurts, I won't stay quiet. I'm not quitting. It's not out of spite that I'm spitting. I'm spitting me. The litany of gems and germs that are constantly hitting me, God hidden me. Don't know how they all fit in me, but fittingly, most aren't getting me because they can't get in me. So I take the wit in me and make the written me becomes word. I'm an impressionistic nerd. I sketch what I learn and retch out the blurb that helps to refine me, find lines that define me till I find me an urn. See, I finally learned that I entered this life an intern and in turn turn these turds of internment into terms I'm interred with. I've come to terms with the fact that I didn't earn this gift to take terms and turn wit on my terms. But if my words incur discernment, then you could determine that I must be plenty wise or I have it, like Pennywise, or print and sign of the times, desperate to keep printing and signing the lines till the fit and design of my spine concludes by committing the crimes of all crimes and catch a theft charge by stealing the feeling in my left arm. It's been, I've been kneeling for healing, but it's been left on, constantly feels like it's slept on, numb. Some say I'm dumb as a lepton, hit me with a negative charge like an electron because I'm not married. I got buried in my life's plot. The twist is my bics and picks live in my wife's spot. So I'll write and jot in the right spot, and I'll wait on the girl until I spot her. And when she's lifting the weight of the world, then I'll spot her. And I'll show her that no matter the state of the world, I got her. Now, I've met many greats in the world, just not her. Not yet. It's not a knock yet, just yet to nod yes to tie to not yet. Haven't been caught yet. I'm a hit single, and I balk and smile when I hear the pitch to walk the aisle. I was always taught that women don't play games, but I learned that women play games. Learn they love to lay blame. Learn that if you share the same name, you were fair game for verbal lacerations and virtual castrations. I learned that blood relations were first in line and getting a piece of her mind, leaving bloody pieces behind at the expenses of everyone else's peace of mind. I know that there's no lasting peace to find in this peace of mind, but it does help fight this beast of mine who battles fast. It doesn't battle ash as it grabs a battle axe and goes to battle as I'm starting battle class. Too big to battle past or let the battle pass because if battle's in my past, it's forever saddled in my past. 
So I sat to do the math. Pushing a half century, I'm looking at the lives that life has sent to me and whether I was chased or the one chasing her heart. Too often when adjacent to her heart, I acted like Jason to her heart, wasting her time just like clockwork or killing time till her clock hurts. Tick, tock, learn quick how to pick her lock. Pick her pocket so my face she's sticking her locket. Now she feels like she's climbing cloud six and I was left by St. Nick in her stocking, but the closer she gets, I'm even more quick to block it. Virtual Glock hits, they always look shocked from the click when I cock it. She never sees it coming like her eyes will rip from their socket. Shell shocked by a union that won't fly like a rocket with broken gears. Me choke with fears, her soaked in tears. All we are is a broken pair with broken years. Countless spoken and unspoken prayers chasing that token the guy in token wears. But constantly made aware that I made her wear the nightwear of nightmares. Our broom horror movies, we'd always compare. I said she rode one. She said I had jump scares. I felt beaten like a drum snare. Feels like I'm in a bad movie. You know the one where I'm a man who became her X-Man and has more sequels than the X-Man. I just know that there's an exam in this, and as I began to examine this, I saw I had to examine me. So I began examining Entered my soul's towers and caves, and despite the pain, removed the flowers from graves, and for countless hours and days, knowing our lives are ours to save, I exude my past souring graves, unpaved my ground zero where I'm no town hero, more like a brown Nero in the sector, a man, a collector, part Hannibal Lecter. I'd subtly fail to accept her, accepted all her gifts, except her. Swore I'd never disrespect her, but really did disrespect her. In retrospect, I took her scepter, but I failed to protect her. As I resurrected the specters that I treated like Dexter, I reflected on heated lectures why I nixed her for the sweetest nectar of the fleeting next her, only to be repeated. I hexed her and left her. I want to make it right before I get too old. Find out why I'm a treasure hunting treasure hunter looking for fool's gold, a pirate seeking pyrite. I need hindsight to highlight the zeitgeist of why I swipe right and then swipe left. Wipe out or wipe out the hope of a potential wife until there's no life left. I have my life etched, coping with my right chest open because my heart has a revolving door. And though I'm evolving more, I'm trying to solve it sore, but I'm looking for other answers. My mother, cancer, stage four. It's hard to gauge her rage for this virus that's decided to wage war and cause her to age more. I wish she'd engage more, but that's not what this page is for. We've been estranged for some time. Now I've prayed for some time that she would overcome her health and all. So I said I'd come over to see if I could help at all. Not sure how I felt at all because I never knew how she felt at all. For years, I've only ever felt a wall from her. But when I got that call from her, I rushed to her side. Once there, I put my hand on her knee and she quickly brushed it aside. Felt the familiar pain of being crushed and denied from one of her spikes in my palms and spears thrust in my side. Woman, behold your son and see his frustrating side. You never held your son. You run from his hugs. You were bugged by his kisses, missed his games, the same with his choir. You never showed me how to name, tame, or aim my fire. Then as my flame got higher and I gave a direction, you still withheld and blocked affection. Continually weakened and weakened connection, the only boy, but maybe you're waiting to connect with your next son. These reflections from the past are meant to collect from so that I can correct them, but my pattern of fear of intimacy from those who are enemies seems close to my ghosts that share the same name. Now, I'm not assigning blame. 
I'll sign my name to every crime and stain I've perpetrated, but I'm not perforated. I can't disconnect from my history until I see what it is to me and what it did to me. So the older I get, battered and bruised like a soldier or vet, or feel like my past cast a boulder ahead or feel the world's weight on my shoulder and head, I know that I'm a soldier ahead. Do you want to give me a hand? I might need a shoulder instead. So bear with me. Pull up a chair with me and share with me out of love, not charity. On this path that I walk, it's clarity I seek, and though it's the rarity I speak about this, my pen leaks about this. There's no mystique about this. I'm not unique. I doubt this will be easy. I need to fight. And about this bout that frees me, I see the light, but I'm still freezing because I'm a bad son. I breathe the night. Impeded the flight of countless angels who tangle with my demons. I strangle their dreams and now live with hands that are unclean. I want to be a man who becomes clean and breaks these fetters for good. So if I'm to reshape my life, then I should take the advice that I should aim to be better, not just good. Thank you. Wow. You know, Jonathan, your work is beyond description. Wow. Beyond description. Um, I'm thunderstruck by your words. What's next for you creatively? Um, I first of all, thank you very much. That was that um, that was. I can't even find words, and I'm sure that would that would surprise many of my friends. Um, but thank you very much, and thank me thank you for having me here. I've, I've had a blast here. Um, but what's next for me is I would like to uh, I'd like to write another book. Um, these pieces need a home, so I need to write another book. Yes. And I would like to um, also set set up a, a YouTube page and a website where I can where people can come and listen to my poetry. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out uh, how to do that. So if, you know, if anybody out there has any insight, ideas, help, um, come find me. Um, this is a that's really what I want to do. I want to I want to find a way that I can get my poetry out so people can hear it. People yes. seem to like it, so yes. I want them yes. to hear the message behind it. Yes. You know, I wish you nothing but the best. Actually, I'd like you to come back in the new year. You said you've got 200 poems. I can do so. By the new year, I might have 200 more. So, um, I, would, I, I would love to come. I, I would love to come back. Well, great. I, I appreciate that. I really, really enjoyed this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I say goodnight to you. I say goodnight to our listening audience. And as I share with everyone, let poetry ring. Be safe out there, good people. Until next time, take care. You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.